Today we'll be talking about making space for self-care. If you have a vehicle, when is the last time you got your oil changed? My sticker in the window says December, but I haven't got it changed just yet. But I do put some in occasionally. Maybe you're not the person in your family who takes care of the cars. Maybe you change the oil yourself. Maybe you don't drive, so you don't even have to worry about it. But I think most of us understand the concept of an oil change. It's when we replace the old oil with fresh oil in a car's engine. It's one of the responsibilities that comes with having a vehicle. May, uh, but we all know if you take your vehicle to a mechanic for an oil change, there's a good chance that you're going to hear, so I noticed that you could finish this sentence with a lot of things. I noticed that the tread on your tires is low. It's probably time you replace them. I noticed that your air filter needs to be changed. I've heard that so many times on so many vehicles. I noticed that your mileage is high. It may be time to upgrade to synthetic oil. When I got my car, it was already too old, so I'm already at synthetic oil. From brake repair to windshield wiper replacement, you've probably heard every potential issue for a vehicle. If you know a lot about cars, you know how to navigate this easily. But for the rest of us, some of these oil change interruptions really throw us off. I mean, we get it. Our trusted mechanic is just trying to help us take better care of our car. The problem is the follow-up questions that pop up in our minds. How much is this going to cost? How long will it take? At that point, an oil change, which already costs us time and money, has the potential to cost us even more. And we have to decide, am I going to make space for this in order to improve the life of my car? Or am I just going to take care of the minimum, move on, and hope for the best? Car care is a great metaphor for what we're talking about today. Because today, we're talking about self-care. Now, I know that phrase may sound kind of strange to some people, but self-care is basically taking steps to take care of yourself. Whether it's spiritual, mental, physical, or emotional, self-care is being intentional with keeping yourself whole and healthy. But just like our minds immediately resist when a mechanic talks about car care, our minds resist this idea too. Maybe you can relate to one, of, one or more of these objections. One, isn't self-care selfish? I mean, the very word seems to put us in front and center. Doesn't God call us to deny ourselves? Didn't Jesus say that whoever wants to find life must first lose it? I've also heard that self-care could be considered selfish, but I got told by somebody one time that it is not selfish to pray for yourself. Never forget that one. Number two, isn't it our job to love others 
not ourselves? Didn't the Apostle Paul say, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Philippians 2, 3. Self-care sounds a little like vain conceit to me. Number three, what are you about to ask me to do? Am I about to hear that I need to exercise more, eat better, go for long walks, or attend multiple retreats? I know in the times that we are facing right now, it's harder to go outside, especially when you're being told you have to stay inside. And I know that the gyms are closed now. Uh, that's not something I would have said uh, a while back ago, but I am sad that the gyms are closed. But it doesn't mean I can't do some sort of exercise inside. Number four, who has time for this? Last week we talked about making space for dependence on God instead of just dependence on work. After one week to practice that, you already have more things for me to do? This series on rest is starting to sound like a lot of work. It can be. Number five, you don't understand what I'm going through right now. I'm just trying to survive and make it through one more day. How could I possibly have time to think about taking care of myself? That's a hard one. It's a very hard one right there. Taking care of yourself when there's so many other things around us going on. It's important to take care of ourselves as well because we can easily get burnt out with everything around us happening. All these are valid points, but I promise this isn't about pressure. Let me show you what I mean. The book of John, a moment when Jesus healed a blind man, he did this miracle on the Sabbath, which was a mandated day of rest for the Jewish people. And because Jesus healed someone on that day, the religious leaders, the Pharisees in particular, decided that healing someone was work and therefore violation of the rules. Jesus was constantly harassed and questioned by the Pharisees. Why? Because Jesus stepped into extremely religious culture and made a lot of unexpected, sometimes shocking, statements about God, including the fact that he is God. Jesus often responded to his critics by telling parables, which were stories that used analogies or metaphors to represent people and God. In one of these stories, Jesus compared himself to a shepherd. For people at that time, many managed livestock, so this image would particularly resonate. It provided a good mental picture of someone who took care of sheep, a fairly defenseless animal. He also emphasized that the shepherd in the story was sacrificial in his care of his sheep. In this parable, however, Jesus used a different shepherding image. Instead of referring to himself as the shepherd, he referred to himself as the gate to the sheep pen. He talked about watching over what he allowed to go through the gate into the pen. It was another way of him illustrating his protective love and protection for his sheep. For us. 
In the middle of the story, Jesus dropped this line, which has become a very famous verse. The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. John 10.10 10. Back in those days, a good shepherd took care of his sheep and provided for them with the best quality of life that he possibly could. Whether it meant protecting his sheep from predators, turning them right side up if they were to fall upside down, turning or leading them to water, the shepherd was a relentless advocate of his sheep living a content, abundant life. The goal of a good shepherd wasn't to add more sheep or to make his sheep obey the rules. His goal was to, for his sheep to thrive. What Jesus was ultimately saying is that God wants us to live a content, abundant life. He is a life-giving God. A shepherd knew that the best thing for his sheep was for them to be taken care of. And God knows that we need the same thing. In the Old Testament, King David, who was once a shepherd himself, talked about the ways that God is committed to taking care of us as his sheep. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will flow me from me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you don't know, Psalms 23. In these six verses, the idea couldn't be more clear. God is committed to taking good care of us. We just have to make sure that we're faithful to him, even in our darkest times. But unlike the sheep, we also have the ability to participate in this dis discipline of care. Last week, we looked at how Jesus himself modeled this participation for us. Another example of this is found in the book of Mark. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Jesus was advocating self-care by taking time to rest and making sure his people ate. But in this case, self-care was an intentional choice. It was a discipline. Jesus stopped to rest when he could, could, go, could continue ministering. But what about the work that needed to be done? What about the crowds who needed to know about God? We'd ask ourselves the same questions. Isn't self-care selfish? What about putting others first? What about the important work from God that we need to do? 
What about sacrificing for the sake of the greater good? In the intentional act of taking care of himself and encouraging his followers to do the same, Jesus teaches us a big idea. Self-care isn't just physical or emotional. Self-care is spiritual. That's why we need to make space for self-care. Self-care isn't hokey. It isn't, it's not selfish. It's simply a willful participation in what the good shepherd already wants for us. God takes intentional care of us. Why wouldn't we in turn, why would we in turn neglect ourselves? If you've been in a church for a while, you've probably heard the word steward as it relates to money. God wants us to handle the money he has entrusted us in a way that brings honor to him. In that same way, he gives, he has given us a life and a body. Just like a good mechanic encouraged us to take care of our cars, God is calling us to make space for taking care of ourselves. His calling for, his calling us to be good stewards of the life and body that he gave us. But how does this happen? And what does this look like? Well, there's a million different ways to practice self-care. I'm going to throw a long list of ideas at you, but don't let that stress you out. At the end of the list, I'm going to give you some practical ways to make this super simple for you. Spiritual self-care could be participating in a community with purpose. It could be regular times of prayer, Bible reading, and meditation. Spiritual, meaningful conversations at a good six feet distance, of course, or through a mobile device. Time with a spiritual mentor and serving others. Physical self-care could be exercise, sleep, healthy eating, humor and laughter, hobbies, getting a massage, I guess from one of your family members, because <laughs> you can't go out right now, um, and just finding some relaxation techniques. Emotional or relational self-care could be nurturing relationships, contacting friends, ongoing support group, counseling, creating activities, enjoying movies, books, or music. I talked to an old friend just the other day and it felt so good. And even though she was doing normal mommy things, it was, it was good just to see her and to see that everything's okay in her life. So keeping that conversation open is great. Just remember to do that. This comes down to recognizing the places in your life where God is already giving you small gifts of abundance. Could it be that there are areas of your life, areas you've already made space for? That could be living, that could be life-giving, but you just don't see it as that. Maybe you're involved in faith community, but you never viewed it as self-care. Maybe you already spend time with God, but you see it as a pressure instead of life-giving. Maybe you are, already do things to take care of your body, but you never really labeled them as self-care. 
do you have a close do you have close relationships do you have a hobby do you read books what if you saw some things you already do as small gifts of god's abundance for some you may need to discipline yourself and make space for things that take care of you instead of just doing what feels good in the moment but for a lot of you you already are making space for things that could be considered self-care. You've just never connected them with the goodness of God. One simple way to shift your perspective is to think about things that are already feeding you spiritually, physically, or emotionally. For example, maybe it's your relationship with your spouse, children, or a friend. The next time you, you're about to spend time with them, say to yourself, this is life-giving. Then express your application to God and say, or your appreciation to God and say, thank you, good shepherd, for this gift of abundance. Pick something you want to do or that you're already doing and label it as self-care. Label, um, label it also as life-giving, a gift from God. And thank God before and after you do it, no matter the turnout. This is how we make self-care a spiritual act of worship. Now here's the cool part. Once we learn about regularly practicing self-care, we become better suited to take care of other people. Maybe it takes some stress off of us. We have more in our tank to serve others. We have a greater sense of joy, gratitude, and strength to be a blessing to the people in our lives. Like a car that has been tuned up, we simply run better. Making space for self-care is spiritual. It's a reflection of the Good Shepherd's care for us. It's a com commitment to follow Jesus' example and it's a decision to be good steward of the life and body that God has given us. Thank you.